Grab a drink and get comfortable because the real hooligans are about to drop some movie knowledge on your ass. And now, here's Tim and David. May the force be with you, hooligans. We are back. We are time traveling back to 1980 today to talk about arguably one of the greatest fucking movies ever made, The Empire Strikes Back. Is there an argument? I don't know. It depends on what kind of a mood I'm in. David Kane with me as always. What's up, brother? Damn, it's a big one this week. It is. It is a fucking really big one because this marks a goddamn landmark day um, in hooligan event fucking guesting appearances and shit. We are having a couple of guests, two guests join us from across Kansas, mind you, two of the... Uh, they're they're OG hooligans, man. I mean, these guys. Um, some of my best movie conversations outside of you and I, I mean, in my life, have been with these two fucking dudes, man. Let's get them on right now. We've had Nick Leach on before. He's been on with us a couple of times. He's not new to the show. Nick, you're joining us. Nick Leach from, where are you, where are you in? Are you in Topeka or are you in Silver Lake? Silver Lake, Kansas. Silver Lake, Kansas. Welcome Silver to the show, Nicky. How's it going? Well, it's going good, man. You sound really excited. How the kids doing? I can hear them in the background driving you fucking crazy yet. Yeah, we put up some of our Christmas stuff the other day, and they are in full spirit. Good. Good, man. All right, dude. Well, welcome to the show. We're going to talk about Star Wars today, Empire Strikes Back, something you and I, you know, when we met, we bonded over our love for Star Wars. So, And we're going to bring on our, our other bro here because... We can't talk Star Wars without Brad Allen, one of one of our one of our greatest friends, Brad Allen from Wichita, calling in. What's up, buddy? Hey, man! Happy to be here. Thank you guys so much for uh, for having me. Yeah, OG hooligan. So good to have you, dude. Um, you know, like I've been saying, dude, some of my favorite and deepest conversations about Star Wars have come with you two guys. So, um, David loves Star Wars. Probably not as deeply as we do, but I'm getting him into Clone Wars now. He's kind of, you know, the Mandalorian kind of helped pique his interest towards Clone Wars and Rebels, so I've got him going that way, so cool. So we've got four hooligans today. We're going to talk about the Empire Strikes Back, but first, we are going to do five questions with David. It's coming back, Tim. All right, it is. Let's bring it back, motherfucker. Five questions. All right, David, what do you got for us? Five questions. And what we'll do is we will have uh, uh, Nick answer, and then Brad, and then Tim, and then you. I don't. I don't. Say your fucking answer. Okay, fine. All right. Uh, Go for it. First memory of seeing Empire. Go for it, Nick. First memory seeing Empire. I I don't even think I was well. If I was born, I was probably like one or two, so I I didn't actually get to see it at the theater. <laughs> so it was probably on VHS right before Return of the Jedi. Okay, Brad, what's up? First Empire memory. So, of what I was told, uh, The Empire Strikes Back was the first movie I ever saw uh, in 1980. I would have been uh, one years old. Uh, so, I don't remember it is technically the first movie I ever saw. Uh, saw it again, much like Nick, 
probably on VHS shortly before uh, Return of the Jedi. Uh, I have very faint memories of seeing this movie as my first movie uh, in theaters when I was a kid. Most of my memories, though, stem from yeah the VHS watchings whenever it would appear on broadcast. Because when it was you know when you were when we were younger, movies like that showing up on broadcast were always huge deals. Yeah. You know because you didn't have streaming, you barely had HBO. Right. You Sometimes. just kind of waited for NBC or ABC or CBS to show those. And so whenever man, it was a gather around the TV and watch it movie. So right. every time, sitting on the couch with my dad. VHS yeah. was the earliest I can remember seeing this one. Cool. Well, we're all we're all children of the '80s, so. <laughs> all right, number two. Number two question. Where does this film rank in the Star Wars universe? Is it your top one? Is there an argument that it can be anywhere other than the top spot? Uh, Nick, first up, where does this movie rank in your Star Wars? Movie-wise, I would probably say yes, number one. I don't think you're going to get a lot of different opinions. No. Brad, you on this one? I was kind of hoping yeah, somebody would be a Yeah, I don't think any argument. Empire is definitely number one. Mm-hmm. Same for me. I mean, we, we'll have, we could have fun talking about where Last Jedi Rick someday, but... <laughs> we'll ask it all, <laughs> all of them. All right, number three, number three. Could you be stationed on an ice planet? Nick, you're up. Yeah, yeah, I think I could. Because oh. I keep it pretty... If, if it was up to me, I would keep it pretty cold here. And I've been told that uh, one time at a hotel room that it was as cold as Hoth, So, <laughs> Brad, could you endure that cold? Yeah, I mean, if I can call dibs on a young Carrie Fisher, you know, I think I'd survive <laughs> it just fine, yeah. <laughs> I, I really think, yeah, you, you have to have that balance of a of a, a warm and fuzzy buddy like Chewbacca, and then and a pretty lady like like Carrie Fisher, uh, for <laughs> for separate reasons. Obviously, you need that. Yeah, let's move on. Favorite pop culture reference to Empire. Oh, it always. I think it always gets misquoted, but the uh, Luke, I am your father. No. So Spoiler alert if you haven't seen it. <laughs> uh, Brad, your favorite pop culture reference? Yeah, it? I mean, that, that is the ultimate pop culture reference is the Darth Vader announcement of him being Luke's father, for sure. Well, I'll just throw in the, probably where you're going with this, David, the Civil War reference. Hey, you guys, remember that old movie from the 80s? So you, so you just snatched it right from me, Tim. Yeah. He's like, Jesus, Tony, how old is this kid? Which leads to my next question. Are we feeling are we feeling old doing this show together? It's been a long time. Uh yes, Nick, Empire Strikes old. Back is forty years old. Does it make you feel old? Every every day. <laughs> I, I definitely agree that it is crazy looking back and thinking it's been forty fucking years. Yeah since this movie came out. So that's why it's going to be so much fun to talk about because one of the things we do on a show is, you know, we talk about how, how the timeliness of the movie now, how it fits in with today's movies. And, um, you know, sometimes, you know, you get away with doing things in the 60s, the 70s, the 80s that you can't get away with now. Um, so, yeah. So, all right, dude, let's get right into it, shall we? You boys ready? 
I'm ready. Well, ready. First of all, you guys are going to have to get a little bit more excited, right, David? I mean, you, you got we got we need some hooligan action. So there was much rejoicing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So. All right, so Empire Strikes Back, 1980, directed by Irvin Kirshner, taking over the reins from George Lucas. Uh, written by Lee Brackett, George Lucas, and I believe Lawrence Kasdan probably had a hand in this one as well. But, yeah, finds our heroes on the run after blowing up the Death Star, taking up shelter on an ice, on the ice planet Hoth, hiding away. Yeah. Yeah, Empire's never going to find us. So I think one of the great things about this movie is it, its ability to take a, you know, it establishes the Star Wars trend of showing us different locations in each movie, and it's immediately impacted with the arrival on Hoth at the beginning there. Uh, David, what talk about your memories of Empire's, you know, this scene, you know, that opening scene with Luke and the Wampa and... Because, I mean, you know, we don't have to really go into too many details. Everybody's seen this movie, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, so. enough times to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, um, you just get sucked right in immediately. Um, it's I, The ice planet makes me uncomfortable. Just feeling, I can feel that uncomfortableness and, and what it must mean to be on the run and be in such an uncomfortable place. Um, so uh, right from the get-go, just jump right in. Nick, favorite scene on Hoth? Favorite Hoth moment? Vader strolling through the halls like it's nobody's business, like a boss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he didn't give a fuck, dude. He just he does show up there, just like. And I think that some of that early Vader stuff is so great because there's we see a different Darth Vader than we had in A New Hope. A New Hope, man, he was always just losing his mind kind of on people, you know? Yeah. He, he gets on that blockade runner at the beginning. He's just strangling the shit out of that guy. God damn it, where are those fucking plans? You know, that dude, you know, chokes the shit out of that dude in the meeting because he's sarcastic. He's much more chill in this. He kills a lot of dudes. Yeah. But he's much more chill yeah, I was about, about to say, it. doesn't he kill like four guys in the movie? He's, what impressed me, there's one scene where he literally kills a man from a different room. Yeah. He just pops him up on screen. He's like... Hey, what's up, bro? He's like, oh, Lord Vader. Let me tell you about how I fucked this up. And he's like, So, all right, Brad, favorite Hoth moment? Man, I think the first time we saw the uh, snow speeders cruising around when they were looking uh, for Luke Skywalker and Han Solo, just seeing that and just feeling that you were in a whole different situation and... It was something so new and so cool and so different from the first movie. Uh, that that still holds true. Uh, that's that's my favorite moment um, of seeing Hawk. Now, interesting that you pointed that out because <clears throat> one of the reasons Lucas decided to open up on a, a snow planet was because the whiteness of the ice and the snow made it harder to hide the flaws of the... Um, special effects, the way they could do that in space, you know, because of the black. Yeah. So he intentionally, yeah. was, he intentionally just threw down the fucking gauntlet to, you know, everybody and was just like, no, you need to step up your game because, you know, and that's, you know, Figure it out. one of the lost things we, we forget about George Lucas, what an innovator he always was. Um, he may have got lost at some point in telling his own story, but um, 
he's uh, always pushed the envelope, you know. Uh, okay, let's see. We're on Hoth. This is where, you know, we get into the Han and Leia stuff. Han Solo is always trying to get away. And she's always looking for a reason to keep him there. His fear of commitment is astonishing. But right away, and I think, you know, we're talking about this after Carrie Fisher has passed on. And I think what's so amazing to watch this is you see that chemistry they really had. I mean, they were hooking up for a while there in real life. Sure. And sometimes that can affect that on screen. Sure. But you can just tell from those opening moments that, you know, I got to go. Well, I thought you were going to say, yeah, but I got to, you know, and it's just, she's like, well, fine, just go. And he's like, well, you want me to say it? And he's like, well, no, I don't want you to, you know, you know, obviously I'm ad-libbing, but it's that playfulness, that playful banter they have. I don't need you, but I want you. I don't want you, but I need you, you know. Um, let's see. Let's see. Uh, okay. Han and Leia, Force Ghost Obi-Wan, Luke gets attacked by the Wampa. Um, do we want to talk about the name Ben real quick? Luke calls him Ben still. Ben. Where'd this fucking name come from? From Nick, where's, where's Ben? Where's Ben come from? It's never truly established. Can you help me on that? Doesn't Carrie Fisher refers to him that to Obi Wan has been? Uh, doesn't she in A New Hope? Or no, Luke refers to him as Ben. Because of his aunt and uncle. I mean, Ben Kenobi. Is it his name though? He's hiding on Tatooine with the ben, name, and he changed ben his name to Ben Kenobi. Sure. Like Darth Vader's gonna come that plan. They're like, "There's a Ben Kenobi here," and he's like, "No, no, no. I said Obi Wan." Yeah. They're like, "Oh, it's Ben. <laughs> it's Ben here." <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Uh, another cool moment we get on Hoth is Han Solo with a lightsaber. Well, you guys are missing. I've got all my Empire Strikes Back. I'm, I'm Funko pops out right there on the corner. Oh yes, he's yes. got the lightsaber out in the Tauntaun land down there. Uh, yeah, also a cool yeah, it's so natural with it too. Oh, this is this Funko is pre-sliced. Yeah, that's disappointing. Uh, yeah, I guess they couldn't have the guts filling out. I don't know. Uh, I mean, come on, go uh, back. Trivia note in the middle here, General Veers is that dude from Last Crusade, the guy that comes down in the walker. He's the guy that's trying to get the, that chooses poorly. Yes. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, there you go. Um, now, on this note, this is about where, the, you know, OSS, and it's probably a no-brainer also, but Brad, I'll let you start. Best soundtrack of any of these movies. Oh well, I mean, that's 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 an obvious one. Anything done by John Williams, I mean, the guy the guy's a master. Uh, sets the tone just beautifully uh, with all the different themes throughout. Uh, the I mean, the dude the dude is a complete genius as far as storytelling with music, and like I said, sets the tone throughout the entire film. I agree. David, you agree this is the best soundtrack? Absolutely. Nick? Yeah, I completely agree with Brad. I mean, that guy, regardless of what movie he does, I mean, he literally is, besides the writer and director, he's the one that's writing the story. Yeah, this this one's so good. Everything from the Imperial March, which is the first time you hear that, in its glory, 
you know, when it cuts away from Hoth and, you know, you get, you see his fleet, you know, and you really, you know, that music really is really impactful about how badass Vader thinks he is in this movie. Um, And, you know, Yoda's theme, there's some, you know, a couple of those themes between even just Han and Leia. They're, they're beautiful. I mean, it's really, it's really, it's amazing music. Um, And I, I think it's the peak for me of all the, you know, all of them, all nine movies that John Williams did, I think. You know, tapped out with this one. So okay, so we're gonna move on from Hoth. Oh, we could talk about Admiral Ozel right, right now. I love the way he back talks Vader when he uh, comes in and um, dude says, you know, what? Why are you, you know, about Hoth where they are? He's like, oh Lord Vader, there's so many places they could be, and he's just like, motherfucker, will you just go there? Like I said, right. And then he kills him because he was wrong. <laughs> fucking great. <laughs> that's that's the guy he kills from another room. He's like, because then he comes on. He's like, oh, Lord Vader, right? We found the bait. He's like, <clears throat> he's like, fuck you, dude. Just you should have listened to me. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, oh, also we get some wedge action on Hoth. Don't forget about wedge. Wedge is awesome. He 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 fits in there with the with Brad talking about the. The snow speeders. Yes. Oh, yeah. There he is. <laughs> I, I just keep pointing out yeah, where yeah, I have yeah. these characters on so my desk. So we're basically here. navigating this movie via Funko Pops <laughs> on the desk in front of us. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's see. Okay. All right. So we go going. And again, the, with the music, it translates into the, when they leave and they get into that asteroid field. Some of that music there, just I just love it. Um, honestly, and the asteroid field presents some of my favorite moments. So let's talk about favorite moments from the asteroid field. Asteroid field. Um, Brad, start this one off. Favorite moments from Man, the asteroid field. You had to start with me. I'm trying to, I'm trying to put in in memory the the asteroid uh, field scenes here. Uh, so I, I I may need some help jogging my memory, unfortunately, on this one. Okay, so let me start with. The camera work, I love, with the ship diving and yes. swooping, and you know the, the way the ties are sailing. Um, you know, looking at this, being that it's forty years old, I think it it's still still holds so, up so, really some well. of the best, yeah. like in space, believable. You know, like dogfighting that feels natural. Yeah, absolutely, it, and it just in that again that music. It's just so. It's sweeping, and it just really catches you on that. Um, and then you have Vader just leading his Star Destroyers into it. Just like, I mean, like, he doesn't give a fuck. No. They're like, we're gigantic. You're coming down. You, do, you understand? And the TIE Fighters, he's like, he's like, what did I tell you? Fucking keep moving, dude. I didn't ask for your opinion. <laughs> it's like, what? You see? What? Get your ass in there. So, okay. So then they. With the holographic officer gets hit. Yes. What, one of the best. Yes, one of the best moments okay. where they, he's got all three of those dudes and you just see the one guy just kind of <laughs> put his arm up and then he fizzles out. So it's you know it's like I always wonder how many people like really notice that and understand that that dude was totally just wiped out cuz yeah. the asteroid hit his window. Um let's see. From there, I mean the the Minot cave Always freaked me out when I was little, because it's very much uh, 
Pinocchio going into the belly of the whale. You know, it's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of themes there. You know what I'm saying? Um, going nice in, reference. <laughs> the Pinocchio, yeah. I mean, you know, it's very much what yeah. it is. You know, they go in there and it's uh, they're very much in the belly of the beast. Sure. You know, they're trying to hide and uh, you know, and we'll get in the Hondalaya. This is where they start to you know find time to again. She's playing hard to get. Sure. They do that. You know. Um. Can we talk about Han's first idea when he thinks there's something wrong? Like he, th- like he might be putting the pieces together is to pull out his blaster and just start shooting this thing. No thought of, hey, maybe if I, you know, reach down and feel around with my hands, see what's going on down here under all this fog. No. I'm just oh. going to shoot some stuff, and then we'll react from that. And right. Are you talking about when he's when they're outside looking around, he just shoots yeah. the ground? Like, and so, yeah, instead of reaching down, going, hmm, that's kind of spongy. That shouldn't be like that. Oh, yeah. Spongy and wet. Ew. <laughs> and that thing's just got those goddamn things flying, flying around, around inside of it. What kind of. Okay. My knock, you need to get your shit looked at. All right. Um, but again, you know, it freaked me out, just that whole idea. And of course, I mean, that's just such a great moment where I had to tr- turn something off. I was about to come on there. Um, you know, where they, again, they realize that they start shaking around and just that escape through there. Um, again, because I have seen this on the big screen this year, same as you. Yes, the yeah. only movie I've seen during this pandemic. Yeah, I did it see it. I took my voice to see this movie. And. Uh, Again, it's just such an awesome, awesome scene. Um, and I'm going to ask this right now. Think about this, because I think I've figured this answer out, because we're going to get back into a Han and Leia thing. At what point did they bang one out? <laughs> okay, because they have that moment where, you know, she's like, being held by you isn't quite enough to get me excited. He's like, well, I don't have time for anything else. <laughs> and then and they kind of kiss, and C-3PO walks in, and she sneaks off, and he kind of looks around like, Man, she walked off. Okay. We'll catch up to that. <laughs> I want you to think about it for a few minutes because I'm going to point out where I think it happened. All right. So then we go back, we go to Dagobah. And again, we're getting into the uh, Joseph Campbell mythology, you know, of the, the young warrior seeking out the, the master. You know, like, what's the. Be- Beatrix from Kill Bill going to the little kung fu guy. You know, it's yeah. it's all that, right? The the Padawan needs a master. So Dagobah. Who wants to talk Dagobah first? David, go. It's a swamp. It's a swamp. It's a lovely it's so place. Dirty. And so I love that we have uh, seen this carried on uh, through through the years of the dirty, gritty place where people go to train and get better. You know, Rocky's out in the uh, the middle of nowhere training in a barn in Russia. <laughs> you know, it's the um, all the non-essentials cut away, stripped away, and this is all you need in order to become this, this great master. All right, question. Nick. Does R do R two and Yoda know who each other are? 
say that again. Do R2-D2 and Yoda recognize each other? I think I think Yoda recognizes R2. But didn't they both get wiped? No, just 3PO. In episode 3? Just 3PO. Just 3PO? Yeah. Have the protocol droid's memory wiped. And he just kind of looks at it like, what? The C-3PO, but if the he fuck did, look. And Luke can talk to... And Luke can talk to R2, then can't Luke talk to R2? You would have thought that he would have said something like... Man, you would think R2 would have said hey, a lot Hey, you of old shit. bastard, what are you doing over here on Dagobah? Maybe he knows it's not his place to tell him, and Luke's got to figure this shit out on his own. <laughs> he is I mean, quite stubborn. Uh, I do love the, the, the introduction to Yoda, and Yoda at the time, obviously, and still probably one of the best puppeted characters... In movies, I mean, again, you can watch that, and he still seems like a, you know, believable character. You know, sometimes you go back and you watch a movie from seventies, eighties, even the nineties, and some, you know, you can if it's got puppeting work, it it looks awkward. You're like, oh, that hasn't quite held up, but Yoda has held up. Does it help that Yoda is a a tiny little old man, so his movements can kind of be disguised? They're very that? subtle. Yeah, oh, absolutely, I think. I mean, I think, yeah, if he was a lumbering dude, it'd probably look weird and awkward. It probably would have been. Um, but, yeah, I, I love the way he plays dumb to take to test Luke's patience. Um, and it get, this gets it, the scene gets into one thing, and Nick and Brad, we've probably all talked about this at length, but Luke mentions a couple of things, and I always felt like, there was they should have tied Revenge of the Sith into Dagobah better than they did because Luke says this place is something out of a dream. I feel like I've been here before. So what, as, as I realized the prequels were coming, I was like, well, what's going to happen is Obi-Wan's going to take Luke with him to go hide Yoda and some shit's going to go down and that's why that cave's going to get created. And it's like, you know, it's like he's sitting there and he's like, I feel like, and it's like, you feel like he's getting ready to say, I feel like I've been here before. You sure. know, it was, uh, it's what he's getting, you know, and that's when you're just like, be like, what? <laughs> um, so, I don't know, uh, Brad, do you have thoughts on Lucas's inability to maybe tie, because all we got was Yoda showing up on Dagobah in a pod in Sith. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I always thought that, uh, they could have really hinted on why Yoda went there was because uh, one, it had you know dark force energy. It had it had enough of a presence where uh, somebody as powerful as him would never be detected. Right. Um, I, yeah, I, I think they really missed missed the ball by not making a stronger reference in Episode Three to the importance of Dagobah. Exactly. And uh, yeah, I always like it was like kind of one of the few things that I was like, ooh, we'll get that moment when when those movies were coming out. I was like, oh, we didn't really get that. He just he showed up and he just kind of made his face like, fuck. Like, this place looks like a fucking <laughs> dump. <laughs> like even Yoda's like, fuck <laughs> this shit. Um, all right, now d- during this time, we get a. A glimpse at Vader's real head. 
This is the first time anybody saw what Darth Vader looked like underneath. Um, do you remember having any thoughts as to uh, what you, th- I don't know, what, what were your first thoughts of, oh, it's just a like a white dude? Yeah. That, that, that face doesn't match that voice. I mean, you know, it's like, did you expect an alien or, I mean, did, I, I don't remember what I expected. I think I expected more kind of, I don't know, kind of like how the top of his head looks, you know, as opposed to just a regular face. Uh, Brad, Nick, thoughts on the beginning of the reveal of the true, the face beyond the mask there. Any thoughts? I always thought that, I always thought that it was supposed to be, which they tied it back into episode three, kind of the revealing of Frankenstein, you know, Frankenstein's monster. Right. Uh, the only thing I didn't understand was, you know, for a guy that got, you know, disfigured on a lava planet, why he was so pale. I, you know, I was kind of expecting him to have a tan, but, I mean, that was just me. He must have had some good Vaseline with that jelly. With no sun. <laughs> All right. So let's see. We got reveal of Darth Vader. Um, that dude gets this is about the time when that dude gets killed. We meet the Emperor at this point. Um, the reveal, the first reveal of the Emperor, um, and the suggestion that in this movie, in the movie now, it mentions Anakin Skywalker. Um, before I think it just said the son of Skywalker. I'm trying to remember because they. they I can't remember how it used to say it, but they replaced that. They brought in Ian McDermott when they were doing Revenge of the Sith and had him reshoot that scene. Um, yeah. So at this point, do you guys have thoughts on where Vader's mind is? Because he's like, hey, um, this dude's like Anakin Skywalker's kid. And he's like, what? That's impossible. And he's like, oh, come on, dude. You, you know that's what it is. And he's like, all right. So... At this point, we've seen a Darth Vader that's very angry in A New Hope. He's had a confrontation with Leia, although he didn't know his connection to her then. Um, He now knows that his kid blew up his spaceship. (laughs) (laughs) And that his boss is like, dude, that's your fucking kid. That's your fucking kid. And he's like, fuck. So, uh, Nick, where's, where's Vader mentally here, do you think? Probably in the whole like, is is my wife probably still alive? Is, is everything just a lie now? Now has any what Brad? Else is he not telling me? Brad, what are your thoughts? Uh, I think one, yeah. I mean, I agree with Nick. One, he probably feels like what's true and what's not. But two, he's been tested by the emperor so many times. Is this just another test? That's that's what I'm thinking. Now, have has anybody read the Vader comic that recently has come out? I read quite a bit of it. Kind of explains a little bit of what he does between make a good Disney series, I bet. Wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, they've got Hayden coming back. It would make a I great think. series. It would. I also thought maybe if they did something like, you know, a live action Clone Wars, that would have been pretty fucking cool at some point. Maybe they should have done that, too. 
We Agreed. Yeah, we won't get into that right now. All right. So let's see. We've got Emperor has showed up. We're starting to question as an audience now Vader's motivation here as he continues to look for Luke Skywalker. Meanwhile, we've got Yoda on Dagobah training Luke now. And does anybody have a favorite Yodaism? Like like a, you know, some Yoda no dialogue. Huh? There is no try. Okay. I mean, that's do or do not. There is no try. Pretty pretty much sound advice for everyone at every point in their lives. You can you can use that at any point in time. Uh Nick, favorite Yoda line. You must unlearn what you have learned. Did he say that in that one? Yep. Yes, sir. Brad, how about you? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's already been nailed. You even mentioned it yesterday with the whole do or do not. There is no try. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think that's so relevant in everyday life that it still holds true. Uh, mine actually comes from Return of the Jedi. And it's just such a dark line that I, it, it's like right before he dies when he says, Twilight is upon me and soon night must fall. Like, even when I was a kid, I was, I was like, damn, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's my favorite Yoda line. But, yeah, he's just got so many good ones, man. I mean, and, and, you know, I would, even, I would even say, like, even going into, like, Clone Wars. I mean, you know, um, I'm thrilled that Man- Mandalorian is opening up these doors and Dave Filoni is getting a chance to tell all the stories because that man knows Star Wars almost as much as George Lucas at this point and gets, he gets it. He gets what works and he gets what doesn't. And, uh, he did a great job telling stories with Yoda and keeping up that spirit of that character. So, all right, where are we? Yoda training. Ooh, the cave. David, talk about the cave for me. Where do you want to go with the cave? Well, I mean, Yoda tells him not to go in there. Of course he's going but to Luke's go just going in there. And then he tells him not to take that, his weapons. That 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 everything about that fits that young mindset of no. Your weapons, I gotta have you will this. not need them. That's my weapon. It's it's it serves a purpose. So uh, a, a nice little indicator of where Luke's mind is really at at that point in time. So he goes in. And this part always freaked me out when I was a kid. Because at first I was like, oh, shit, there's Darth Vader. Luke, watch out. Yeah. But, you know, and then he cuts his head off. And I was like, what? Whoa. All right. So they just snoked his ass, huh? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then his mask busts open and it's his face. And I was just like, what? What is happening right now? What? Like, as a kid, I was like, I don't get this. <laughs> this doesn't make sense. <laughs> well, the first movie is so... You know, it's it's pretty easy to understand, and this you know, and this this movie really delved into some darker, deeper. It still maintains that childish, fun spirit, but you know, at this point, you know, and I, I'm telling this, trying to you know, talk. I think about the first time I saw it, you know, or or, the, or my early memories of watching it, at least. Uh, 
And that's what I was like, what the hell is happening in this scene? Because Yoda's just sitting out there like, he did, he's like, fuck, I told him not to go in there. I warned the kid. Yeah. He, yeah, so. Um, all right. The cave. Oh, man. Now we get to my fucking homeboy. The bounty hunters. Oh. Oh, shit. So... This is the introduction, and I've always loved this because, again, I think this is another Disney series that can happen. We meet the bounty hunters because Darth Vader's like, fine, I'll just I'll get some help. I'll farm it out. Whatever. So he calls up Boba Fett, IG-88, Bosk, Zuckus, Forlom, and Dengar. How many of those names did you know before I said them just then? Uh, I knew all of them. Three. Three? Okay. All right. So one of my favorite books is Tales of the Bounty Hunter. And, like, they're each broken into stories about each character's, what happened to them when they went to go look for Han Solo. And how they all kind of intersect because they're all, you know, again, you know. On the hunt. Yeah. Sure. They're all competitors in this bounty. Um, but it's so fucking cool, and I'm like, if they ever do a Boba Fett series, that's what they should do. Because I don't want to see no Deadpool shit where he's, you know, the Mandalorian basically, where he's right. just a good, where he's, you he's know, could be that. a bad guy, but no, in this he's a good guy. He's, you know, he's he's helping people. No, I want to, you know, I mean, get Alden in that, or you don't even have to have Han Solo, even though Han Solo kind of factors into each of their backstories. Sure. Um, Make sure you do that. Yeah. All right. Um, but yeah, anyway, that would have been a cool scene. So we meet the bounty hunters. Darth Vader is like, just fucking find this dude. Find that damn ship. You know, because obviously he's got Sheev Palpatine blowing up his pager. <laughs> you know, just like, Lord Vader, did you find him yet? And he's like, fuck, man. Will somebody find this goddamn ship? So in at this point, you know... We find out that the Millennium Falcon's chilling up on the side of the side Star Destroyer because they're like, we can't find it, you know, whatever. But he's there the whole time. Now, have you thought about when they banged one out? <laughs> it's when they were. It's it's right here because the last time we saw them together, they she like ditched him, yeah. right? Little and wild. now, now we've got him, and he's like, all right, here's what we're gonna do. Uh, the fleet's getting ready to break up. They're gonna dump the trash, and then we'll just kind of float away. She's like, with the rest of the garbage. She's like, oh, you know, you know. And she, she reaches over. She puts her hand on his shoulder. Yes. She says, you really have your moments. Not many of them, but you do. And then she kisses him on the cheek and walks out of the room. Oh, yeah. Boom. They Atti knocked one out. Atti attitude change. Yep. So in case you've <laughs> ever wondered when they knock one out, when they hook up, it is got to be in there. Right. Right on. So, all right. So, anyway, where are we? Let me look at my notes. Bounty Hunters, Tales of the Bounty Hunters. Read it. Um, one thing that bothered me when they made the change initially, uh, when they made the prequels and they cast Django Fett to Mira Morrison, and he was Australian and used his, that voice in the movie. Yeah. They then changed the Boba Fett voice. You know, when the d next time they had a DVD release, it was Tamura Morrison as, because he's a clone. Sure. Even though my thought was always been like, yeah, but 
even though he's using the armor, I feel like he would do something to alter his voice. I always thought that's what that was. It wasn't like his true voice. It was an alterate. Well, anyways, so it bothered me initially. It doesn't bother me so much anymore because of Clone Wars and because I've heard his voice through so many different characters now that I'm just like, whatever. Okay. Even though it still bothers me when he does, it's no, he's no good to me, did. <laughs> <laughs> like, throw another shrimp on the Bobby. He's no good to me, did. <laughs> so, all right. <clears throat> and about, let's, let's see. Okay, so we got, um, you know what? Actually, I, I wanted to bring up something about Less Jedi because Brad, Nick, um, you know, even David, we, we've all had our, our discussions about the merits and weaknesses of, uh, of The Last Jedi. And I think there's something in this movie that Ryan Johnson try, was trying to go for that he, he just isn't able to do it. And that's this scene right here where they're just kind of hanging out for so long and there's nothing happening. They're just kind of yeah, floating in space, doing nothing. Which, you know, Last Jedi, there's the whole slow motion chase, you know, because they don't want to hyper jump anymore. So yeah. they're just like, we'll just... We'll just coast. We'll, we'll try to lose him. The, we'll take a left up here. And right, right. <laughs> we'll use our right turn signal and hope we lose him. Um, and I kind of I, I kind of made that connection going, I think this is kind of what he was hoping for in his, his narrative is, I was like, but that just gets bogged down by nothing else is happening right. at the same time. Yeah. It's like, there, that's where you missed out is. Okay. So the ship pulls out. Or no, no, no. We're going to go to Dagobah. And Luke has his vision. You know, he's like, uh, was he have a vision or first of the ship? Let's talk about pulling the ship out of the water. The do or no, do not. There is no try. Yeah. Gets into that right there. Still such a great, in that scene, the music right there, uh, which they brought back for, uh, what was the last one? Rise of Skywalker. Um, yeah, such a good scene. Great moments. Just the iconic imagery always at play there. Um, then he has this vision. Everybody goes to Bespin. And uh, who do we meet on Bespin? Lando. <laughs> yeah, Lando Calrissian. Billy D. Williams. Capes. His Colt cape. 45. Colt 45. And this is where you like knew that fucking George Lucas was stepping up his game. When he brings in Billy D. Williams, I mean... You know, and I just love the way he's like hitting on Leia for like the fucking moment she gets off that ship. Oh, he's yeah. like, "Hey, Han, is this your woman?" He's like, "Yeah," and he's like, "What's up, bitch? <laughs> hey, baby, how you doing? You want to <laughs> come check out my place? It kind of looks like a castle from the distance." So, all right, we've got Billy D. Williams, Lando Calrissian. Luke's having visions of them fucking freaking out, and Yoda's like, "Dude, stay fucking focused," but he's not. So he's got. A, he's like, I see a city in the clouds. Um, yeah. Um, now, one thing before, while we're on Han and Lando, over real quick, will a show? Will the the Han Lando show? Is that gonna work? They're doing a show with Donald Glover, and they are. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess that could be fun. Donald Glover and. Uh, are they really talking about doing a show like that? Yeah, they've got him signed on for something. So he's signed on for something for Disney. Huh. For streaming. I had no idea. 
he'll show up on Mando. Man, you know, at some point, to tell the stories they're going to tell, they're going to have to recast some of these Luke characters. and Leia and Han. I mean, they've already got a guy to play Han, but I mean, you know, every, you know, everybody's clamoring now for the the Snyder, or not the Snyder cut, the Lucas cut, the Lucas stories. You know, the Luke, you know, and it's like, yeah, they could do that. They could tell a story about Han and Luke and Leia that happened 10 years after. I was like, but they'd have to recast everybody, guys. Yeah. And you'd have to deal with it. You know, it's probably what they should have done to begin with. And let's be honest. The fans did not react well to the recasting of Han for Solo. When that was announced and uh, the initial response was, uh... No, I didn't think he was bad, man. Oh, no, no. I thought I he was good. It. I thought so- I thought he, he did a good job playing Han yes. Solo. He wasn't trying to play Harrison Ford. But that's the problem for most people. He's not Harrison Ford. Yeah. You know, and then you have people that are like, well, if you're going to have this problem, then just don't make movies anymore. It's like, we don't want that. Okay, but yeah. But I, you, I'm fine with recasting. Bring it uh, me too. I mean, it's what they should have done. They're like, all right, guys, we're going to make a new trilogy. It takes place 15 years after. I'm sorry, but we recast Han, Luke, and Leia because we want to show them as badasses. Yeah. They could not have played badasses. Now, yeah, maybe they should have made the movies 20 years ago, but sure, they didn't. Here we are. And unfortunately... Carrie's not with us anymore, so. All right. So we're on Bespin. Um, let's see. Do, 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 do. Oh, how about that robot that, C3, that cusses three, C-3PO? I always love when droids cuss each other out. Like, R2-D2's a foul mouth prick. Um, even worse is, damn, guys, the droid on Rebels. I didn't watch Rebels. Nick and Brad, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Which which droid on Rebels are you referring Cho- to? Oh, Chopper? I got it. Yes, or? Chopper. Yeah. yeah, he's even worse. I think Chopper's got a... I think he cussed Chopper's going to be number one. Yeah, 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 yeah. So then we have this droid... Unless you start getting into the comic books, then that one that's Invader, what is that? That uh, I forgot the name of the, the protocol droid that's in the Vader comic. He's pretty badass, too. Oh, I haven't read them all, so... But we have this one. I just love the when C three PO is like, "Oh, hey, what's up, dude?" He's like, "Ichuta." <laughs> He's like, "What?" <laughs> it's, just, it's just such a like. He's just like, "Fuck you, man. Get fuck off, three PO, idiot." So, all right. So now, Luke. It always seems like all of the droids that three PO talks to always has like a dislike to them. Yeah, nobody likes him. He's an asshole. All right. So Luke's gonna bounce off Dagobah now. Obi Wan. Now, David, how do you feel about Obi-Wan and Yoda at this point? Not being honest with Luke about... We, we talk a lot about Dumbledore. Being. Yeah, it's the whole Dumbledore-Gandalf <laughs> syndrome where, yeah, we know this extra shit, but we're just going to keep it on They just the won't low. say something. I'm not going to give you everything you need. I mean, what kind of Jedi would you be if I just fed you all the information and you didn't have to do any of the work? Right. Bullshit. Uh, Bullshit. What are your guys' thoughts on uh, Vader and, or I'm sorry, Obi-Wan and Yoda kind of fleecing Luke here at this point? I all look yeah, pretty much. Uh, it's, you know, Obi-Wan maintains what he's saying is true from a certain point of view. Oh, always with So, that. I mean, I think that's, I think he's just doubling down with Luke. 
and just kind of saying, well, I mean, everything I'm telling you is, is I'm, I'm not really lying to you, but, you know, I'm not really telling you the truth either from a certain point of view. Right. So I think they're, I think they're just doubling down. They're assholes. They're assholes. Yeah. 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 They've had time to talk amongst themselves about the whole thing. They're right. gossip girls. All right. Quick yes or no from everybody. When, when this movie came out and that man said, that boy was our last hope, and Yoda said, no, there is another. Did George Lucas know who was the other at that point? No. No? No. Nick? I think he did, because every time you hear him talk about the whole, his whole story, he was, when he was doing New Hope, he had already done, like, the first three movies, like, in his head, and kind of sketched out the outline. He had already done, like, one through three, and he had already had four, five, and six already in his head, so I'm, I would go with yeah. I think because of his rewrites, you know, because, you know, back when it was, you know, Starkiller and Anakin were characters and not, you know, I, I, I think when he wrote A New Hope, I don't think they were brother and sister. I think all that changed. It just developed into that. Absolutely, I do. I think it, just, I think it made sense to him. But I, I would say that when he said there is another, man, that could have been Han Solo at that point. I remember this debate. That's why I'm bringing it up. Is It was like something I remember is the debate I would hear between my parents, their friends, people around me, trying to figure out all, if all these things were true about Empire Strikes Back before... Return of the Jedi came out. All right, so let's go back to Bespin. Boba Fett wins. Vader Vader catches Han Solo. Tortures Han with a machine. Yeah. They just had that machine? That's just <laughs> what a was that thing? standard issue <laughs> droid or anything. Um, yeah, yeah, Lando realizes he fucked up. He's like, oh, I didn't realize they were going to fucking do mean shit. I didn't know the bad guys were bad. Um Let's see. Let's go to the. Let's talk about the carbon freeze chamber and then the fight, and then we'll move on to carbon freeze chamber. Again, I love the cinematography of this scene. But what the hell's going on with this room? Yeah, where where's the engineering in this room? The architecture. They just show up and have this chamber built that's all orange and. I mean, this is clearly the product of. I want you five guys to okay. draw a picture of what the carbon freeze chamber room looks yeah. like. <laughs> and yeah, nobody <laughs> thought about the practice. Because what's with the steps? Yeah. What's what is all that? Right. They have. Are they are they going to have audiences in there? What's going on with there? Where do those steps go? They go nowhere. The practicality of the room is is questionable. <laughs> all right. Uh, classic dialogue alert. Know, he's just got one in his ship. Do what? You watch Mando, and he's just got that one in his ship. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. so easy yeah. now, all of a sudden. It's like a spray tan. Yeah. All right, classic line dialogue alert. I love you. I know. So great. Uh, Carrie here in the scene, I really was watching this today, finishing it up. She's so vulnerable in the scene. And I think it sh- it, right here, you see uh, her about as good as an actress as she's been probably up at this point. Because um, she's been such a harsh little bitch. You know, I mean, which is how she has to be as as a character. Yes. But in this scene, dude, she's like clutching to Chewbacca. Even just like her face, it's just like she, 
you can see that she's literally like dying she's inside something and it's just it's so good and the way they just everybody's uh and i just wonder if they knew at that time and i don't think they did i mean i don't obviously Harrison Ford doesn't give one fuck about these movies but no. um yeah anyway so luke vader uh nick give me your favorite your 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 favorite thoughts on the uh, luke versus vader fight my favorite moment from the fight sure when Vader's just hurling shit at him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just stand there. I'm going to hurl these things at you because I don't even care anymore. Brad, how about you? Favorite moment from the Luke Vader duel? Yeah, I definitely I, I definitely agree when, when Vader basically is like, I'm not even going to fight you because you're not even on my level. Uh, so I'm just going to throw shit at you to kind of make you go away because you're a dumb, whiny bitch. Uh, I, I think that's probably my favorite. Yeah, just tormenting him. That's the the cat and mouse right there. I know I am superior to you. I don't even have to to put forth a whole lot of effort to to dispatch you. Uh, for me, it's it's yeah, it's it's actually that moment when, um, you know, Vader standing at the top of those steps and Luke's like, I'm gonna fucking do this, and he fucking hustles up and whips out his lightsaber like, bring it on, dude. And Vader just stands there one-handed and just, that lifesaver just, it's like the blade comes out yeah. slower. It's like the, <laughs> and then he, it's like one-handed fighting. He's just blocking him, you know. Oh, it, 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 it is, you know, at this point, it's like, he can, you know, he is just going for the, the capture. He's not, he, he's never, it reminded me kind of uh, in, what's the, Half-Blood Prince. Harry's going after. Snape and you know Snape's just blocking him and at the same time he's like you know in the book he's I told you not to let you know not to do this and he's like teaching him you know so it's more of a um but I think that you know and it, he gets to that moment yeah where he's he's throwing shit at him now he's like dude look look what I can do to you <laughs> then he hits him in the shoulder and that's when he's like I'm cutting your fucking hand off now you little prick right <laughs> that's what, like he's like oh he's like oh slices his hand Iconic imagery. Uh, you know, two of my favorite moments, the twist in the twist, we have the moment when Luke jumps. And Vader, this man has no facial features, but he has two great, he has two great what-the-fuck moments here. One is when Luke jumps. <laughs> He's like, join me. Luke just fucking bounces off, and he just kind of looks down like, whoa, <laughs> I did not expect not, that to happen. Wow. That, yeah. I did not think he would jump. I had brought him out here because I was like, what's he going to do except join me? He'd have no choice. Right. right. Back to, um, to a corner. And the other one is when they're all on the Falcon at the end, and they jump to hyperspace because as far as he knows, his men have disabled the hyperspace on yes. the Millennium Falcon. And they jump, and he just stands there for a second. And he kind of has it, kind of leans back, and he kind of like looks away for just, and then he looks back out there, like, what the? F That's a double take. Yeah, it, it just, it, then he just kind of puts his hands behind his back, and he just walks out of the room. And you know, everybody in that room was like, oh, fuck, we are all so dead. Do not breathe. There's like that dude, he's standing there, like writing on his little notepad when Vader passes by, and he just kind of like side eyes him on the way out, like, oh, fuck, is he going to. 
we're all getting forced to Anyway, one of the best things, and my last note on this is uh, Lando's wearing Han Solo's clothes when they leave at the end. So weird. He's got the white shirt and the yeah. vest. But he's got his collar buttoned up because he's fucking Lando. He's like, I got to get the butterfly collar. All right. So let's do some Empire Strikes Back trivia real quick. And then I'm gonna uh then we'll I'm gonna get each of your comments on Lego Star Wars Holiday Special. Watch it. It's fun. So let's talk about Empire Strikes Back trivia. I just got a few because we just talked about so much. I mean, you got so much information, I'm sure. <clears throat> couple things I found interesting. The sound of Darth Vader's meditation chamber opening is the sound of cell doors from Alcatraz slamming shut at the same time. Really? Interesting. Uh, yeah. How do you think somebody went out and found that? I mean, whose idea is it? You know, let's go slam some jail doors. You got to get a good, I mean, you know, good sound recordist. You yeah. Know, somebody in there I mean, that but that's it. That's an impressive. Yeah. To be able to come up with something like that. Let's see what else I got. Uh, well, we talked about the I love you scene. Originally, he was supposed to say, just remember that, Leia, because I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> and at the time, Harrison Ford wasn't signed on for the third movie. He was signing on for one at a time and didn't want to come back. There's, he's famously wanted to be killed off. Um, so, but he also suggested that line because he's, as much as he acts, likes to pretend like he doesn't care, yeah. he, he's still an artist. And he's like, actually, it'd be kind of cool if I said I know. Yeah. Um, and they froze him because they didn't know if he was coming back. So they're like, he's either dead or we'll pull him out. Uh, Commonly known, maybe not, is one of the asteroids, is a potato. A potato. And at one point early on, there was an actual boot in the asteroid. Like George Lucas kept telling them to fix it and do stuff differently. So somebody, they had just like a brown boot floating. It's been taken out since apparently, but I thought that was interesting. In the original Lee Brackett, draft of the script, Darth Vader was not Luke's father. I'm glad they switched that. Yeah. Originally, when they filmed that line, he said, the actor, David Prowse, said, Obi-Wan Kenobi is your father. No! That's not true! It's impossible! That doesn't seem very shocking. And then, you know, well, I mean, I think it was done to cover, you know, hide the secret. Yeah. David Prowse is famous for bitching about how they redubbed all his lines. Yeah, right. Uh, there's scenes in A New Hope where he's like moving his hands, Vader's moving his hands, and he's not saying anything. It's because dude was saying something. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, instead of that ramble you just did, why don't you just say, don't feel me again. <laughs> all right. So, okay. So that's going to be trivia for this. Let's move on to uh, Lego Star Wars Holiday Special. Uh, Nick Leach, you've got kids. What'd you, guys, what'd you guys think of it? Well, I asked my kids before I started it. Neither of them wanted to watch it until about halfway into it. And they're like, where did all those guys come from? So then I'm trying to explain everything on where all the guys came from. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I've watched a lot of the other Lego shows. Mm-hmm. And I thought this one was probably more well put together than some of the other ones. Good. Yeah, I liked it too. Uh, Brad, what'd you think? 
I thought it was nice to see a lot of the uh, uh, voice actors from Clone Wars uh, reprising their roles. Uh, I, I like that they're trying to bring in, trying to work with some of the sequel sequel trilogy characters. Um, and, and, and again, it's, it's, it's comedy kind of done right in Star Wars, which is kind of a, you know, hit or miss thing. But Absolutely. I, you know, I thought it was cute, but I thought it was cool too, so. I thought it was a lot of fun. David, th- your thoughts. You've got a little one. Did Elizabeth watch? Uh, it, well, see, the problem with Elizabeth is she is interested in Ray, and only Ray, and she does not care about anyone else. In uh, She does not care for the child. None of that. Um, so if Ray is not on the screen, my kid is wandering off. Um, she's, she's just not there yet. Um, but for me... Um, I enjoy the fact that it was just fun. Um, you know, you take all of the fanboy stuff out of Star Wars and um, the constant scrutiny and everything being picked apart. This was just something that was fun. And if you can't have fun with it, then then it's probably you, not not Star Wars. I, I thought it was great. Well, that entire scene where they're out there on the desert where Dark Maul is just half of his body yes. with a lightsaber yes. trying to attack people. <laughs> the the Lego Star Wars, yeah, it, it definitely, they're able to make fun of themselves, obviously. And I think that's the important thing I think you have to be able to do. I think that's one thing that DC's having a hard time with is being able to, you know, make bad movies and just laugh at it and shrug it off. Star Wars, I feel like maybe they they know this. And, you know, Lego Star Wars, I think, is a representation of maybe their acknowledgement that, yeah, we're, we've been kind of goofy at times and maybe made some bad choices, but we're going to fix all this. And, you know, something like this, I think, brings it all together. It makes it fun. It points out how ridiculous all of it is and that none of it should really be taken serious. I actually yeah. saw one thing online that was like it messes with the continuity. I'm like, dude, fuck you, dude. <laughs> Close your Twitter account, please. Um, yeah, I thought it was fun. And, you know, for them to do a holiday special. And I th- it invoked a lot of the same things we saw back in the original holiday special. With it was horrifying. <laughs> back in, what was that? Jesus, like 1978 or something? My God. Um, there's like a 10-minute scene of just Wookiees talking and no, there's no subtitles. Just yeah. Wookiees talking well, to each other. It's like it's start turning on the song. Yeah, it's just like what's happening. Didn't Trepio like? He's like, hey, I'm gonna put on some music. Wasn't it the the, the disco song of his? Yeah. Oh gosh, uh, that you know that also was the introduction of Boba Fett. He was in that little animated sequence there, and then uh, yep. the Mithral in the very first episode of the Mandalorian referenced Life Day, which is. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So all right, man, that's a lot of Star Wars for me. It's delightful. Fuck yeah, dude. Nick and Brad, it was good to have you guys on, man. Hey, thank you for having me, man. Um, I'm gonna wrap up the show. David, good to see you. Always good to thanks for hanging out with you. Absolutely, dude. Uh, Lots of Mandalorian to go. We'll cover the Mandalorian now. It looks like we're gonna do that in. The first week of January, or maybe the second week. I don't know, because we'll do a best and worst of 2020. That'll be a fun one. But we're, I think we're going to replace our December Mandalorian slot with Wonder Woman now. Oh, yeah. That's an official release date. <sighs> so follow us on Spotify or Amazon Music or Apple Podcast. 
wherever you stream content. If you can't find it, let me know, and I will make sure we get there so you can check us out every week, every Wednesday. We have a new show for you. Um, yeah, we're on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, and we post Everywhere. there sometimes. Yeah, David loves to post and talk about um, stuff on Twitter, so hit him up in his DMs at DMC Keeper. Blow him up. Yeah, he likes it. I love to chat. Yeah, he loves it. All right. Nick Leach, Brad Allen. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thanks for having me. All right, hooligans, check us out. Follow us. We'll see you next week. Next week's like Christmas time. We'll have uh, oh, oh, uh, we're going to have two episodes next week. Die Hard and Christmas Vacation. Ooh, that's going to be a lot of fun. Exciting. All right, so check us out then, hooligans. We'll see you later. May the force be with you.